three, two, one. We're back up in this bitch. We're live, folks. What's going on? It's been a fucking long time. Good to be back, folks. We're live. Episode 177. This is the G Meeker MMA show, and I am Gabriel Hernandez, folks. It's good to be back. It's been like a month or so, maybe over a month. It feels like forever, but for me, podcast world, every single week, it's been over a month. So it's good to be back. It is February 25th, 2019. Great to be back. Good morning, by the way. It is 8 o'clock Pacific time. I was going to say PM, but I was trying to say Pacific time and try not to mix up the two. I don't know how you can mix those two up, but I had... I'm trying to speak too fast. That's the thing. I haven't been on here for so long. It's been a while, but it's good to be on. We are live, folks. Um, got a lot to talk about. A lot of things to cover. A lot of fights to break down. Preview. Talk about. I mean, I have my list scheduled. My lineup everything of everything we're going to talk about. And there's a lot of shit because there's a lot of shit that I meant to talk about last week. But I, my... I don't know, my phone wasn't working or something like that, and then I wasn't able to capture the audio. It was on um, the Anchor app, so if you visit anchor.fm slash start, you're able to start your own podcast, and that's the one I've been using for all this time to produce the podcast, to put the podcast on there. It does its job with providing all the major podcast providers, you know, the ability to host all these podcasts and all that, so it's been uh, it's been pretty helpful. It's been... Um, Really, really beneficial for a lot of people, including me. But they're, they're, uh, in this particular situation, um, I've had more times than not that I've used the app and the data for some reason hasn't got published. It's been published a lot, but there's been instances where I, I record a whole entire episode and it says zero, 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 zero when it's time to put, the, put it in for production. Like when it's time to finally finish the podcast. So I'm good off all that shit, man. Um, you know, I, I do use Anchor. I'm just going to use it in a different way now. I'm just going to, you know, upload it. You know, I, I use audio. I, I record with the audio, a different um, app for audio. And then I use that. And um, I use that to record the podcast. And then I upload it to Anchor. And then, then, and then so on, basically. It continues on. But um, so I use a different platform to record the audio. So. Just to avoid anything going down, anything, any negative things. Like we're gonna have best, the best episodes in the next, you know, the next coming uh, months and stuff, and and years to come. And I don't want anything getting in the way of those, and I don't want anything to stop the production of those and, and to deter or snap the motivation that I have. Because there's been times where I've lost episodes in this podcast, and I've been so pissed I didn't even want to continue. Honestly, and it was just one of the worst times that I've ever had. So. We'll do our best to avoid that happening at any cost. Like I said, we would have been back last week, but um, that particular thing happened. So I figured that I'll just wait till it's a brand new week, fresh as a daisy, here on Monday morning, 8 a.m. Let's begin this shit, ladies and gentlemen. we got a long and juicy podcast for you guys today. Thank you all for joining. Like I said, we're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts, the little blue, bluish app on your phone, automatically comes on there. Podbean.fm, podbay.fm, castbox.fm, or you can visit us directly at 
www.anchor.fm slash show. Let's begin, alright, we got um, a lot to talk about, a lot of fights going down, a lot of big shit happening in the mixed martial arts world. Obviously, a couple weeks ago, I, I had it on my list to talk about, obviously, what Francis Ngannou was able to do to Cain Velasquez, um, knocking out Cain Velasquez in a matter of seconds, you know, Cain's knee popped, the whole sequence happened, it was, it was less than a minute, man, for the first card on ESPN. Unfortunately, Cain has deja vu of seven years ago, back when the first UFC on Fox card had aired, he had lost in 64 seconds, if I'm not mistaken, and that spelled the end for him when it came to losing the title against Junior Dos Santos. But that was his first loss. Ours is, uh, yeah, his first loss was against Junior Dos Santos. Second loss was against Fabricio Verdum. Ever since then, Kane had a loss until he met a mad powerhouse named Francis Ngannou. Now, Francis Ngannou did definitely solidify himself as a solid uh, number one contender for there, there's no one else to beat right now. So I think after this craziness that happens, if he doesn't fight Stipe in a rematch down the line before he fights for the belt, I think Francis Ngannou seriously made a huge case. So Francis Ngannou, congrats to him. Um, hope Cain Velasquez is okay. It looked like as if his knee gave out or popped. And a lot of people were pointing to that during an open workout of his and said that he had maybe um, hurt his knee or moved his knee in, in, in an awkward way during the open workouts. And that may have played uh, dividends to why his knee gave out so quickly on fight night. Who knows? We don't know what's going on truly behind the scenes, but hopefully Kane is okay, and my goal hopefully would be to see him fight later on this year and not have to wait a couple more years for Kane to return. Uh, unfortunate news, but congrats to Francis. Obviously, there's one other guy besides Steve Miocic that's beat Francis in the UFC, and that's Derek Lewis. But Derek Lewis is taking on Junior Dos Santos. Maybe Francis Ngannou can take on the winner of Junior Dos Santos versus Derek Lewis, and that could potentially be the thing that happens. Um, speaking of big fights, also, um, it, it, this plays perfect into this weekend's main event, but UFC 235 is right around the corner. Big Fucking fight. Two title fights. Two titles on the line. John Jones takes on Anthony Lionheart Smith in the main event for the UFC light heavyweight title. It will be John's first defense back since officially winning the belt back. You know, it was a belt he never lost, but you know, you get what I mean. He he is back. He you know, is coming off a very dominant win in his last two fights. I've been thinking about that. Take away the um PEDs and everything he got busted for in the Cormier fight, back-to-back. -back. Looks fantastic against Cormier. Looks fantastic against Alexander Gustafson. And if you go back, remember the first fight with Alexander Gustafson, it was spectacular. It was amazing. One of the best light heavyweight fights of all time, still to this very day. And John handled that fight with ease. Now he has a dangerous competitor in front of him. Anthony Lionheart-Smith, He's on tear since moving up to 205 pounds, and he's looked fantastic so far. You know, knocking out Rashad, the way he beat Shogun, you know, when Shogun was in the top 10 on three-five winning streak, um, and then who else did Anthony Smith beat rather quickly? So Shogun, Rashad, uh, Rashad, Shogun, and then Volkan Ozdemir was his younger, stiffer test, ranked, you know, former title challenger as well, um, Obviously, he looked fantastic in there. Oh, that's a huge fight. Big fight. We'll preview that 
Also, co-main event, we got another title fight. Tyron Woodley puts his welterweight title on, on the line against Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian nightmare. Tyron, the chosen one, Woodley versus Kamaru, the Nigerian nightmare, Usman. Interesting fight. Huge fight. There's a lot of card, a lot of fights on there. A lot of fights. One that sticks out more than ever, which makes this more exciting. I mean, what better way to come back in the fucking world of podcasting than to come back from UFC 235? That's the thing. I mean, UFC 235, Ben Askren makes his long, 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 long way to UFC debut against Ruthless Robbie motherfucking Lawler. Goodness gracious, that's a great fight. There's a lot of other fights on there. I can't currently look at the list, but let's just talk about all three of those. Those are three of my favorite fights. More notably, Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler. Fantastic fight. Can't wait for that. Um, But also, going back up to John Jones versus Anthony Smith, speaking of people that have made a resurgence Going up a weight class to 205 pounds from 185 pounds. Notable figure as well that just won last weekend. Um, Tiago Maheta Santos defeated Jan Vlahovic in UFC Prague. By, uh, I think it was like, uh, he stopped him. He knocked him out. So Tiago Santos gets another fight in the books. He looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, say what you want about the performance, but, you know, he is making some serious noise in this weight class. Uh, He's made some serious noise at 205 pounds since moving up. You know, he he beat Anthony Smith down at 185 pounds, comes up to 205 pounds shortly after Smith, and, you know, he's a wrecking ball. Both Smith and Santos are on a potential collision course because both men have had resurgences at uh, a weight class above. So, Thiago Santos will, he said he will be going to Vegas and watching this fight. And no matter who's, who wins, he feels he should be next. There's a huge argument between, between there. I mean, I'm not too big of an argument, but you think about people that have been putting the work in. You know, Corey Anderson. You know, Corey Anderson, but, you know, Corey Anderson has put in a good body of work and a lot of, a lot of, done a lot of great things. You know, he's lost to some of the best guys, but he's also beaten some of the best guys. But um, I think on the short list, not being selfish or anything, I've, I've vouched for Corey. I think he's very deserving. Uh, if anything, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think there is a rumored fight between him and Gustafson and, uh, as a main event. So I don't think there would be anything too bad for Corey if he doesn't get a title shot right away. But, you know, following UFC 235, John Jones is next, uh, or Anthony Smith, as crazy as it sounds to say that, one of those two men who win in the main event will be fighting Thiago Santos. Will be a rematch with? Oh no, John Jones isn't losing. But if it was, it, say say John Jones loses, John gets a rematch. But if John wins, which I think will he will most definitely, um, I think John will end up fighting Thiago Santos. That would be crazy. I mean, I don't see any other fights for John. If John really wants to keep defending his title and fighting. You know the way he needs to fight and be consistent this year, like he's been saying. These fights all the fight all the contenders, clean them out yet again, prove to them why you're the best man on the planet. You know you've lost a lot of years of his prime due to his own you know hit and run accidents, you know drug test failures, suspension. So John still has a lot of good fights left, a lot of big fights, a lot of really really big fights for him, and. 
you know, he has to show up, he has to perform, he has to look good. Anthony Smith is no tough customer, man. Anthony Smith, what he's been able to do, the body of work he's been able to do, you know, going from losing his last fight 185 pounds to moving up to 205 pounds, knocking out Rashad Evans, knocking out Shogun in emphatic fashion, and, and beating Volkan Ozdemir, submitting him using his emphatic ground game. You know, a lot of people never noticed or seen Anthony Smith's ground game because he's too busy knocking people out. Knocked out Hector Lombard at 185 pounds. Um, you know, he, he's knocked out a lot of people. He's looked good doing it. Is this the man to beat John Jones, though? That's a question. There's a lot of questions going into this main event. You know, John is his IQ, his fight IQ, the way he fights, how he fights, the the the, the body of work that John has put in throughout this his entire career and you know recently you know you look at the way that john performed in his last two fights gustafson against cormier i mean olvin st Prue, i don't know i mean he, he did dominate that fight but i feel that john could have easily finished that fight if he needed to but you know more importantly his last two fights against cormier and against um gustafson Two people where he had some of the biggest rivalries with. John versus Gustafson was a huge rivalry. Cormier beat him twice. Huge rivalry. And, you know, he's he's looked fantastic. And, you know, for the longest time throughout John's career, there's been John and there's been the rest of the division. There's been Daniel Cormier and there's been the rest of the division. There was Cain Velasquez and there was the rest of the division. That's how it was at the time. But now times are changing. Now I'm not saying, I mean, everybody has a chance. MMA is the craziest sport in the world. By all means, if Anthony Smith pulled off an upset this Saturday night, that would be one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Back before GSP lost to Matt Serra. Speaking of GSP, congrats on the retirement of GSP. You know, he, for the longest time, has been one of the most dominant fighters on the planet. You know, for, for sure one of the best in the world. For sure, maybe top pound for pound, great. There's so many damn good people that you could put at the top of the list. Why not put GSP there? Former world champion at 170 pounds. Former middleweight champion. Came up for one fight, beat Michael Bisping, and, and looked impressive after a four-year layoff. Drops the belt and officially retires from mixed martial arts after failed negotiations with Khabib. Uh, for the fight with Habib, which is a really interesting fight, a really exciting fight. And he did say that, you know, if Dana did call him back and, you know, say that, you know, he wants you to do the super fight, if you want to be a part of the super fight and everything was right and everything lined up, he would come back. So never say never. But for right now, it seems that GSP will retire. He has retired. He has had one of the most memorable careers. You know, one of the nicest guys, one of the most humble champions, one of the most respected and one of the most respectful fighters and respectful class acts that the UFC and MMA has ever produced. So congrats to uh, George St. Pierre. So let's get uh, back to John Jones. Um, like I said, John is fantastic. Like, I've never seen anybody like John Jones. So, you say what you want about the whole Matt Hamill fight and every, everything else that John's done, but he's essentially undefeated. And he's lost a lot of his years due to himself, due to his own mistakes. But now, 
I feel with John coming back, we're getting John back. It was back in the day. This is like the when John fought Rampage, when John fought Rashad, when he fought Chael Sonnen. And we're getting back-to-back John Jones title defenses. So it's kind of crazy still to this day to hear, like, you know, watch the countdown shows, which I still have to do. I'm going to do that after the podcast. But um, it's just like... The commentators, John Anik, Joe Rogan, UFC lightweight champion, John Jones defends his belt against Anthony Smith. That, just hearing that, man. As crazy as it sounds, it sounds pretty awesome. I'm happy to have John Jones back. I wish him the best for everything that he's doing in the future when it comes to the drug tests and all that. Please no more shenanigans, John Jones. Please no more pictograms. We, we, we need you back. We need the best fighter in the world back at 205 pounds. And, um... Basically, the previous matchup, Anthony Smith's a big guy. Um, he's had a lot of experience, more, more, a little bit more experience than John. But fight wise, IQ wise, who he's beat wise, John has beaten legends. He's beaten Juvitor. He beat uh, Rashad Evans. He beat Rampage. He beat Ryan Bader. Um, he beat Shogun. He beat Leota Machida. He beat Glover to share him when Glover owns on a hot streak. Beat down over in St. Prue. Beat Daniel Cormier twice. Second time in emphatic position. Emphatic fashion, excuse me. I don't know why I said it like that. And, you know, beat down Gustafson. So John is undefeated. Undefeated in the rematches as well. He looked more dominant in the second fights than he did the first. So John has done a lot. It's, so when you think about the fight and you break it down and you look at who's fought who, it's different because you think about the level of competition that John's fought. So for me, and this is this just goes for a lot of other mixed martial arts fans out there as well, people look at it like that when you got an undefeated guy or uh, a Chris Wyden fighting Anderson Silva for the first time, no one thinks, no one thought Chris could beat Anderson Silva. Because of you look at the people Chris fought before that, he didn't fight anyone nowhere near the tier of Anderson motherfucking Silva. No one thought he would win. Same thing can be said. Fast forward a billion years later, John Jones versus Anthony Smith. You're looking at the body of work that, you know, he's had some emphatic... I keep saying that word. That is my word of the day. But he's had some um, spectacular fights and some spectacular finishes and is a serious threat. Is he title worthy, though? Is Anthony Smith title worthy? You know, I vouch for Smith. I think there's no one else that think, I think John can fight. I think Smith will definitely pose a lot of threats for John. I think he is a lot more seasoned. Um, obviously, we never we haven't seen him against the likes of like a like a Gustafson or a, I don't know. I mean, Dominic Reyes. We got we got we got some we got some serious steam at light heavyweight. Um, we don't don't know necessarily how good Anthony Smith truly is and it's how we see him in there with a guy to this to the uh, level of John Jones because John Jones is the best fighter on the planet. And there's so many fighters you can call the best fighters on the planet. It's just a matter of, you know, it's, it's just so fucking hard because all of them are so damn good. GSP, Jose Aldo's at the top, Max Holloway. But Hall of Fame-wise, GSP for sure. He's definitely done a lot, and he's and and he's you know a former world champion, two division champion. And, you know he's essentially perfect. GSP has only lost twice in his mixed martial arts career. He has only lost to two mats, Matt Sarah, Matt Hughes. 
came back, beat them both. He's been undefeated ever since. There you go. Georgia's look fantastic. So there goes my argument on who the best of all time is. But for John, for, for John to put the body of work together to be Anthony Smith, I think definitely he can because John has spectacular wrestling, fantastic wrestler, and fantastic submissions as well. He's nasty. He's looked good as of late. Same can be said about Anthony Smith. I personally feel deep down Anthony Smith is a very dangerous competitor for John. I think John really knows what Anthony Smith is about. He knows that Anthony Smith is not an easy task. He knows that he's a very difficult uh, uh, puzzle to figure out. Not puzzle to figure out, but he knows he's a difficult challenge. And he has to take this fight very seriously because Anthony Smith is no tough customer. And for Anthony Smith to beat John Jones, the fucking world would explode. You might as well just jump off a cliff and kill yourself if that happens. Because I'm going to shit in my pants if John Jones loses. Not literally, but figuratively. That's going to be the biggest upset in mixed martial arts history. Hence, if John Jones loses. I don't want to imagine that. Part of me thinks he's going to run through Smith. But Smith, it's part of it is that he is very intimidating. And he you know, he poses a lot of threats. And I'm, I'm, I'm threatened by threatened by him for John, but John has the best camp in the world, he has the best coaches in the world, um, if you look at a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, Anthony Smith's fights, John, John is an expert at breaking fight, uh, fight film down footage, you know, knowing what to do, knowing what not to do, and John's just a fucking smart guy, so, I think John will, at the end of the day, get the job done, there's just gut feeling that makes me feel like, uh, Anthony Smith is very dangerous, but if if John can do what he did to Gustafson, and you look at Gustafson's body of work, not nearly has he literally hasn't been fighting as long as uh, as uh, as Anthony Smith for Gustafson, but the performances, who they have fought, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if Anthony Smith shuts John Jones up and, and beats John Jones down, um, I can't say shit about who's who he's fought and who he hasn't fought and all that. It matters that they're both in an MMA cage and they're both going to be throwing down and someone's going to come out and merge the winner. Unless they two, these two guys run and bump heads, someone gets kicked in the nuts and the fight is a no contest or some shit like that. Some crazy World War Three meteor just falls into the octagon and it, it deems a no contest. Other than that, there's going to be a winner on Saturday night. So it should be good. John's lengthy. Anthony Smith's a big guy too, so they kind of don't look too different size-wise. I think Anthony Smith's like, what is he, 6'3", 6'2"? He's a big guy. He's a long guy. He's long legs. Um... You know, he's, he definitely has made some serious strides. Smith has looked a lot better, you know, fighting at 205 pounds. I mean, if you go back and look at the weight cuts, the weight cuts is what really kills these guys, and it, and it takes away from their, fan, their fantastic performances. Performances they could have, but they can't because of... Uh, because of, you know, potentially not having enough energy and, you know, being sucked down to a lower weight class and not being able to, uh, not being able to, um, perform at their highest because of their, the limitations due to the fact that their weight cut stops them and, you know, their, the energy isn't there. But you get an Anthony Smith, you get a Tiago Santos, and 
you look at these two guys and you look at the body of work that they're putting in, and both of those guys look fantastic. I see rematch down the line for sure. The, the first fight between Smith and Tiago Santos was fantastic. So, you know, I think I think Anthony Smith does pose a lot of problems, like I said. Um, if he doesn't beat John Jones, I still think he will be a serious player at this weight class. And it could just be one of those other scenarios where he's good, he's title-worthy, but he's just not going to beat John Jones. And that's just the case for any other person that's at 205 pounds. Because realistically, who's going to beat John Jones? Gustafson's not going to beat John Jones. Uh, I don't think Cormier, I mean, maybe at heavyweight, not taking that opportunity away, maybe Cormier, he can't beat John Jones. Gustafson, he's already beating Glover Teixeira. Um, maybe like a Dominic Reyes or something like that. Um, but there's really no other legitimate challenges. What, Corey Anderson going to beat the greatest light heavyweight of all time in the name of John Jones? No. There's people calling for the title shots that wouldn't even be close, an inch close to beating John. Not even a grain of salt. Not even a grain, grain of pictograms would be close to beating John Jones. I don't think so. So I, I just don't think that they have what it takes to beat the greatest light heavyweight on the planet. Simple as that. John has his put, been put through the ringer due to his own actions and his own faults. He's been stripped of the title at least four times. You know, the first time he was stripped, um, the second, I mean, when he came back, he won the title against the interim title. He was stripped of that one, came back, beat Cormier, he was stripped of that title, came back and beat Gustafson, and now he's an undisputed light heavyweight champion looking to defend his belt. For the for the very uh, very first time, not literally, but like defend his belt for the first time since being back. So you get to see that, and um, I think I think it will be a fantastic fight. I mean, UFC two thirty five is stacked. There's a couple uh, uh, fights I didn't mention, but there's a couple that came to mind. I just can't think about it because they're all so stacked. And um, you know, Cody Garbrandt versus uh, Pedro Munoz. Is part of that fight card too, so that should be excellent. Um, uh, we also got, um, like I said, Ben Askren versus Robbie Motherfucking Lawler, so that will be great. Um, so, like I said, Jones versus Smith. I think stylistically, it's, a, it's an interesting fight. Um, both men have serious knockout power. Um, I mean, John doesn't. John's not known for his crazy knockout power. John's just fucking good at everything that he can shut someone down with knockout power, and he can make them look like an amateur. So, both men are very dangerous. Both men are very calculated in a lot of ways. Not Anthony Smith necessarily is. A, is, is calculated as John is, but he is, his IQ is up there, he's real smart, he's real good, um, it just, has he ever seen a guy that fights the nature of John, so, we'll see what happens with that one, a main event of UFC 235, John Jones versus Anthony Smith, uh, and Madison, not Madison Square Garden, I wish, um, Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, so, you can catch that one, um, Speaking on uh, of title fights, stay in the title uh, picture. We're gonna get to this one. Very interesting fight as well. Different, different fight. Curious to see what happens in this one. Welterweight showdown between the champ Tyron Woodley taking on Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian Nightmare. Interesting fight. I mean, you look at Woodley's last performance against Darren Till. He looked good. He dropped him. Was able to submit him with the dart stroke. We never really seen a performance like that from Tyron. 
Have you ever? I never even seen him submit someone uh, uh, back until like his strike force days. The strike force days when he submitted, I forgot who he submitted, but you know, I did. I, he was like, a, it was like an armbar or some shit like that. That was the last time I seen him submit someone. But so seeing him do what he did to Darren Till, the only time he cracks Darren Till, he drops him, he unleashes some devastating elbows. Tyron Woodley's as vicious as, as it come. And with him, I feel like you've got to worry about split second speed, split second speed, split second mistakes, split second power, because he can catch you in a blink of an eye faster than you can probably think. He's as quick as they come. His combinations are absolutely ferocious. You know, when he hurts you, he hurts you. When he hurts you, he hurts you to kill you. He hurts you to take you out. Every punch is intended to knock you clean out. Tyron's fast. He has great takedown defense. His cardio is up there. He's fought a lot of five-round title fights. He hits real hard. He's very quick. He's very fast. And good luck, Kamar Usman, because Kamar Usman is going to have his hands full. But will Tyron have his hands full? He can go on to the blue corner of his opponent and break it all down. What does Kamar Usman have? Fantastic conditioning. Great wrestling. Yeah, he has knockout power. But does he does he necessarily have the speed? Does he have the ferocious speed and blitz and quickness that the welterweight champion of the world has? That's the thing I'm talking about. Does he have the ability to be, to keep up with the hand speed of Woodley? Because in reality, what's Kamaru going to do to Woodley? Is he going to take him down? I highly doubt. Is he going to knock him out? I highly doubt. Um, out wrestle him? Highly doubt. Submit him? Highly doubt. I don't think none of that shit's going to happen. I think it's going to be, if it comes, the finish comes, it's either going to be Tyron knocking him out, or it's going to be Tyron putting a show on, or it's going to be Tyron, uh, I don't think, see, I don't think he would necessarily submit him or anything like that, but I think, I think it's just, it's hard to see what Kamaro can do. Now, that can come back and bite me in the ass thinking about what, what potentially could happen, but I just don't see it happening. There's just, there's nothing that tells me that what Kamaro Usman has is going to be a danger. Like, what is there that he does that is a danger? Woodley has some of the best takedown defense in the world. I think the highest takedown defense, I think, in welterweight, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he's faster, he's quicker, better combinations, a lot more hand speed, a lot more knockouts, a lot more power. He hits you on the chin. I think Woodley's going to put him on his ass. Woodley's going to capitalize. Woodley's going to hurt him. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm not going to judge it off this, but some sparring footage of uh, Michael Johnson piecing up Kamaru Usman in, uh, in training. And they almost got in a little uh, little altercation in the gym. So it was pretty crazy. But if you're looking at that, it gives a little taste of what could potentially happen to Kamaru. Because Woodley is fast, and his combinations has been able to put together his speed, his velocity, his power. sometimes it proves to be too much for a lot of people. So it's really going to be interesting to see what happens in this one. I think Tyron hasn't got the respect that he deserves as one of the best welterweights of all time. And I think Saturday night he will beat Kamar Usman. And I think that he will prove once again why he's one of the best of all time. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the George St. Pierre fight to come together throughout George's uh, historic career. But we do get a guy who's very similar, who's been the champion for a very long time already. You know, Tyron really has put the work in, and he has been the champion for a while, and I think that, you know, 
his work will continue to show. He will continue to put these ecstatic performances on. When you say, oh, decision fights, he always goes to decision. Least amount of fights, uh, least amount of strikes thrown in a title fight. Blah, blah, blah. Boom. The only strike he throws against Darren Tilly, drops him, submits him. Lands devastating ground and pound, elbows. Eventually gets to the point where he submits him. He looked fantastic. Can we get more of those fights? Can we get more of those performances? I think yes. As time goes by, as Woodley starts to get better, as everything starts, you know, if George is able to do it, Woodley, Woodley could easily do it as well. It just takes the right amount of athletes, confidence, and, you know, just willingness of being, uh, of wanting to be better. George St. Pierre said that he, the reason why he trained so, he put the fear in that his opponents are training harder than him, so he, he wants to make sure that he's the one that is the one that's going to train harder than the others. Nothing wrong with that. That's the way you think. So Woodley versus Usman, picking Usman by unanimous decision. I mean, excuse me, Woodley by unanimous decision. I th- or knockout, I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I'm just picking Woodley. Doesn't matter whichever way. Knockout, submission, decision, doesn't matter. Tick, uh, disqualification, I don't give a fuck. I think Woodley Woodley has the, uh, the, the speed, the skills, the power. I mean, Usman has a power as well, but um, I think that... Um, I think that the power and, you know, just the overall experience, velocity, and, you know, the, the condition, the speed, and everything. I keep saying over and over, but I just think a lot of the attributes Woodley has is a little bit more than Kamaru. Um, obviously, both wrestlers, both obviously very dedica- uh, dedicated, both very uh, good at what they do, but Woodley's just a little bit better. So, Tyron Woodley, Kamaru's been co-main event, UFC 235. All right, let's get on um, to, speaking of staying welterweight, um, a fight uh, that a lot of us have been, well, not a lot, I mean, yeah, a lot of us. I can could speak for a lot of people. Uh, every, people have been waiting for this because it's been a fantastic fight, a fantastic debut, one of the biggest debuts of all time in the form of Ben Askren fighting Robbie Lawler. Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler is, um, it's a, it's a huge fight. I don't say it's like a barn burner fight. Not the first fight that I thought the UFC was going to put together for Ben's first fight. Because if you look at when Ben Askren first officially got signed to the UFC, he started attacking every single welterweight on the roster, talking a bunch of shit, saying a bunch of different things, and just talking about a lot of talking shit to a lot of people. And you know, we got got them all, got us all riled up to see Ben in the UFC. He's been one of the best welterweights outside of of UFC for so long. And you know, the longest time we've been trying to get Ben into the UFC, and it hasn't come together. You know, he retired at one point, but that whole historic trade that the UFC did with one championship, and they were able to get Ben to the UFC, Demetrius over to one, um, turned out to be one of the most interesting trades. Definitely curious to see what happens with the with with that because it's such an interesting fight. Because you look at the body of work, I keep, once again keep saying the body of work, but you look at what Ben has been able to do in his career. He's just, he's just, he's undefeated, eighteen and zero. Should be nineteen and zero, but you know that I think it was a Louis Pena fight or some shit like that, you know, eye poke or some shit, and it was deemed a, a no contest. But um, Ben has essentially been. Dominant and been known for his grappling. Hmm. Who does that sound like? Khabib. Khabib Magomedov has been known for his grappling. So Ben has been known for his 
fantastic grappling and his dominance throughout his career in Asia, in Bellator, everywhere he's fought. He's a world champion in Bellator. He beat Douglas Lima fairly easily. And Douglas Lima is really dangerous as well. He's fighting Michael Venom Page in the welterweight, second round of the welterweight tournament. So um, I think it's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty uh, very, very interesting because you look at who Ben's fighting. He's not just fighting some regular guy. You know, Ben Ashton's not a regular guy kind of fighter. He comes in, he's fighting somebody that has been there, who has fought at the top of the mountain. Who has fought some of the best, if not the best in the world. Who's been one of the best in the world. Who's knocked out some of the best in the world. And, and has performed at some of the biggest fights in the world. Ruthless Robbie Lawler. What's Ben going to do? Ben's not going to outstrike Robbie. I, I can promise you that. It's just interesting to see. Because if Ben's takedowns and his grappling is as good as he says and as good as the world promised, as good as Tyron Woodley thinks he is, as good as all the rest of his fans think he is, then it's going to be stylistically interesting. If he can't get Robbie down, however, that is where the problem lies. With Robbie, you're not just dealing with the guy with knockout power. You're dealing with the guy that you have to put him away or he's going to keep on coming. He's going to come at you with knees, punches, elbows, kicks. Robbie has them all. Knockouts with, with his hands, with his feet, with his knee, ground and pound. Robbie's fucking ferocious. So it's going to be crazy because dangerous Dangerous, 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 dangerous fight for Ben Askren. Not saying that he can't handle it. I'm just saying, Jesus Christ, the UFC really accelerated the gas putting him up against a guy like this. Funny thing is, who Ben was talking shit to and, you know, the whole, his whole thing with Darren Till and everything else he was talking, everyone else he was talking shit to, this is a matchup that's the least amount of trash talk, if not any. And Robbie says he feels good. He feels like a savage again. He's back. And it's a very dangerous fight. And it's very risky because we look at who the UFC traded for a guy that, you know, has been one of the best and one of those promising welterweights of all time. And one of the biggest upsets in the MMA history was Ben not going to the UFC. So we're getting that wish now for many years coming, long time coming. We... we Ben's got to deliver. It's gonna. It, 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 it's got to happen. Otherwise, there's gonna be a lot of problem. I mean, it's, it's gonna be shit on the face for a lot of MMA fans and a lot of people that have held Ben to a high standard in the world of mixed martial arts. And a lot of us are gonna be let down genuinely, you know, because every. I mean, and especially him, the biggest enemy, the biggest one who's gonna take the most heat for this shit will be Ben Askren because he's talked a massive game throughout this entire time and. For me, I feel that he has to prove it. Now he's in the stomping grounds of having to prove himself. He's in the stomping grounds of having to... Those twins? Yeah, they are. Um, He's in the stomping ground. He's in the position where he has to back all that shit up, man. For grappling is as truly good as it is, he will take Robbie Lawler down and dominate him. And if he does, well, may, like maybe what Kamaru Usman can do, take him down, you know, beat him up on the ground. By all means, I will be satisfied with that. I will be very satisfied with that as long as he wins. All I need is for him to win, and I will be fine. That's all that matters to me. 
It's a very dangerous fight, though. Very, very dangerous. Very interesting. Really curious to see how Robbie looks after his injury. Um, he says he looks good. I'm pretty sure he'll come back and he'll look absolutely good. Look maybe better than ever, but it's a huge fight. T- definitely a tough fight. Um, you get Cody Garbrandt back after his two losses against TJ. Can he rebound against a guy... Uh, can he rebound against uh, Pedro Munoz? I easily think he can. Um, Cody's still one of the best in the world. I definitely think that um, he, you know, obviously had some uh, bad luck against TJ both fights. Um, TJ just showing how damn good he is. And, um, you know, TJ, it's just TJ. T- you, you, not many people are going to beat TJ. That's the thing. Not a lot of people are going to beat him. So, and Cody, for him, two losses in a row, both devastating. Um, I don't think his chinny, like anyone else's, everyone else's claimed and stuff. I think it's just TJ had his number. When you have somebody's number, you can beat them down and they can beat everyone else but you. So, he could easily be the number two bantamweight that's not named Dominic Cruz. So, he's, he's, he's still up there. It's just a matter of if he can come back, if he can rebound from those losses. That's the only thing that matters, if he can rebound from the losses. So that's that. Um, let me exp- let me get into some other stuff. Uh, I mean, I know it's been a while since I've been on and stuff, but it's only been because I've been planning, I've been busy, I've been focusing on a lot of stuff. I've just been, uh, you know, I've been I've done, dealing with a lot of personal things, a lot of stuff going on, lots of pressure, lots of diff- just different personal issues that normal humans go through. So it's all good. Um, it's not like I was retiring from podcasting. I just kind of was like, you know, confidence was low. A lot of things were shot. Um, didn't necessarily. You know, it's just low confidence. Everybody has their their faults and their downfalls and what makes them tick and all that different things. So, yeah, she got ass for a white girl. Um, but, you know, it's a... Uh, no, I was looking at something. That's why if you hear me say those little side comments. Um, but, you know, just everything happens. You know, things happen for a reason. There's a lot of interesting, really exciting things that are pumping me up. That, that can potentially come my way very, very soon. No, they are going to come my way, but potentially very soon. But um, there's a lot of things I'm working on in the background, a lot of interesting things. Um, just really trying to focus on myself, worry about myself, and, you know, just just have a good circle of a supportive people around and not nearly have anyone that's negative. I don't have anybody that's negative in my life or anything like that. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, I, I've really been working hard mentally, um, physically doing a lot of things, you know, you know, the whole, uh, post, all my posts that I've been creating on Instagram. Thank, thank you everyone for the likes and all that. Um, but you know, a big thing has been me thinking about my desire to train and fight, man. I really, really, uh, have had the serious itch for very, very long. And, you know, I'm not, not, this didn't just come out of nowhere. So it's been on my mind for a very long time, training, competing, testing my skills in the gym, seeing what I'm capable of. I mean, I hold myself to a high standard. And for me, a lot of people don't know that I've been watching mixed martial arts since 2010. As a young guy, dedicated, 
came up for nothing, you know, essentially, you know, didn't have anything growing up, and, and I found myself through martial arts, it's helped me, and it's saved my life, it's gotten me out of the worst spots in life, I have an itch, man, I have an itch to compete, I have a desire, I have an addiction for it, it's like drugs, I said this on the last episode, I was trying to record it, but it didn't end up coming together, that was the episode that kind of fell apart because of the fucking uh, audio or whatever. It just got corrupt. I don't know what the hell goes on with that app when I submit my audio, but it just doesn't work. But um, but it definitely was like a, um, a you know, eye-opener because for the longest time, I never knew what I was capable of. That's the thing. I never knew what I was capable of. I, I didn't know what my calling was. But, you know, I turn around and it's been there the whole time. So I'm perfectly fine with doing just, not just enough, but doing, you know, enough to pay my bills and and everything to follow all the dreams I need. So any dreams that I need to follow, if I'm able to follow them, I don't have to be the richest guy in the world. I don't have to be the most, have the most followers or to do all these other different things. I just want to focus on my dreams, man, and be be humble and, 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 and humble and open and willing to work hard and and work for a lot of things that I have in my life and that's what my whole life has been dedicated and been centered around is working hard for things that I um have desperately been trying to do for a very long time so it's just been my focus all those posts generally I mean that for me I feel like in the MMA world in the sports world you know this mixed martial arts dude that sport was made for me it was created for me and I've been dedicated to that sport since day one, so there really hasn't been anything stopping me from my dreams, aside from a lot of personal things, and, you know, financial situations in the past, a lot of different things, a lot of things not lining up. Um, haven't been able to put my work in for that because of just a lot of things going on. There's so much to do on the outside and a lot of stuff to handle. And um, it's been a long road, but the long road is coming. Like It's not coming to an end, but, you know, the, the doors are opening up for these big things to happen, and the thing is, for me, man, pop a piece of gum, pop a piece of gum in my mouth as I say this, I just feel like I'm one, I can be one of the best in the world, and my focus, my dedication, my willingness to learn, my willingness to be knocked down and get back up, my willingness to believe in myself every single day, never lose belief in myself, never lose sight of what my dreams are, constantly focusing on the things at hand. My, my dedication, my IQ, my knowledge of, of the sport, how it's changed me, how I've grown up with it, how I've become a better guy because of it. It's helped define me. And I haven't found anything like this ever in my entire life. So, I'm thankful for all the support that I'm getting. I'm thankful for all the hate. I don't get too much hate, though. I'm just saying in general. I'm thankful for all the bad times. I'm coming, though. My time's coming. Competitive side of me, I hate losing. I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that doesn't happen. If it does, I don't know how to handle it. But for me, I'm going to do my best to perform at my best when the time comes. You know, I got to train. I got to train. I got to get better. I do. I have learned a lot. I learned a couple of things. I'm very experienced. Not very. I mean, obviously, I know what I'm doing. I'm very, 
um, dedicated to my work. Obviously, never fought before. I have gotten fights and street fights and shit like that. Did very well. Did do way better now in 2019. I'm not going to fight in 2019, but my trainings will my trainings will start. I'm coming. 2020, 2021, better be fucking ready because I am coming. I'm going to be a world champion. I'm going to be a future champion, and I'm coming. I'm going wor- to have people worried about everything that I do. I'm not going to worry about what opponents are going to do. I'm going to worry about what I'm going to do. I know what I'm best at. I know how I can break people down. I, I, I was made for this. I was bred for this. This is my world, and I'm coming. This is my year to be successful with a lot of things, and I think that I think that my limits are limitless. That's the thing. My limits are limitless. I'm coming. My dedication. When you get a guy that's locked in a cage for so long, and he's coming out, that's when you should be afraid. Because I've had nothing else but sports, but mixed martial arts. I think about nothing else. Dominantly, if you look at percentage-wise, what I think about probably has to do with mixed martial arts. You look at my Twitter feeds, my Instagram feeds. Everything's mixed martial arts. MMA, UFC, Bellator. I'm not just a super fan, man. I was created for this. You know, I, I've built myself around the sport. I started this podcast because of the sport. Because I wasn't able to fight or compete or train... But yet, I was super. I'm a super fan. I'm obsessed. So I got to do everything that I can do to be a part of the sport. It doesn't matter if I'm in the cage, out of the cage, on the side, commentating, fighting. Doesn't matter. I'm going to do everything I can to be close to it in every single way possible. And that's kind of a motivation of why I wanted to do that and what made me so passionate about it. So. All I'm saying is, follow your passions, focus on what matters, and stay dedicated. Some good stuff's coming, man. I'm going to pray real hard, focus real hard. Uh, just stay committed to myself and the things that I do, and worry about me. Not worry about anyone else. Do the things behind the scenes. doesn't matter who tunes in, who doesn't. The reason is that I'm going to do everything that I know I can do, and I'm going to be the world champion. I'm going to be a champion, for sure. <sighs> I just want to be one of the best people I can be for me, for my family and for overall for society. So that's that folks. And that is our show. It's good to be back. Like I said, we'll be consistent for sure. Now, um, 50 minutes in, um, like I said, we're gone for a little bit of time, had some fun. Um, a couple of good parties on the way. Enjoyed myself. You got some curves. Um, and, Definitely appreciate all the support. Support. Um, shout out to Anchor Radio for hosting this podcast. Shout out to Castbox. Shout out to Spotify. Shout out to all the major podcast providers that make people's podcasts easy to be accessed. A lot of great shit coming, man. A lot of exciting stuff. A lot of fun. A lot of good stuff coming. I can't wait, man. Shout out to everybody. Thank you for all the support. You guys know where to find me at G the King underscore MMA 
on Instagram, same handle on Twitter at G the King underscore MMA folks. Follow the G Meeker MMA show on Twitter at G Meeker MMA show, Instagram at G Meeker MMA show. Follow me once again at G the King underscore MMA. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. G Meeker MMA out, baby. <laughs>